Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 6. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We store up. Jesus knows. It's our nature. It's our tendency. He knows that. Now, in the Greek grammar, it's interesting because it reads, do not lay up. It reads, I know it's your tendency to lay up treasures. I know you're doing it because you do it all the time. So stop it. Don't treasure up, don't stock up, don't store up treasures on earth, but store up your treasures in heaven. Why? Not only because it's natural, but because of durability. Durability? Yeah, durability. The treasures on earth are corrupt and insecure, but the treasures in heaven are incorruptible and secure. You might think of it like this. The treasures you store up in heaven Come with a warranty. Now, we all like warranties. And and, in our culture, we're warranty crazy. We bought a vacuum cleaner from Sam's just a couple of months ago. Finally broke down and bought a vacuum cleaner. That old thing we had wasn't picking up nothing. So we went and bought a vacuum cleaner from Sam's. And they sell you a warranty right there at the cashier. Extra warranty. Now, to me, it's like you're just trying to get my money. I'm not buying extra warranty. If it breaks down, I'm bringing it back, and you're going to take it back. I don't know what to tell you, but you're going to take this back. I'm not going to pay 48 bucks a year or whatever it is to buy an extra warranty. But we like warranties with your car. What's the first question you ask? What kind of warranty does this car come with? I mean, think about it. What if a salesman said to you, you know, this is the greatest car in America. It comes with a five-mile warranty. You'd say, what you talking about, Willis? Oh, yeah, this car comes with a warranty five miles. When you get down to the light, your warranty's up. Would you buy that car? No. No. We like warranty. You want something that's going to endure, something that's going to last. And Jesus is saying, lay up treasures that are incorruptible, treasures that are going to last. And don't store up treasures on earth. Why? Because moth Rust, corruption, and thieves. Moth. I was home a couple of months ago. And uh, you know when you go home, you take a walk down memory lane. Because your mom has every picture of you. And even the naked pictures. When you were a little kid, show them to your wife. Oh, there's this little bottom in the cute. It's like, mom. All the pictures. And my mom has this picture of me. When I was in eighth grade, and I had, true, I had a powder blue suit with crushed velvet blue lapels and a crushed velvet blue bow tie, blue, this is going to trip you out, blue 
with, with uh, white and blue striped lace platform shoes, a huge afro. I mean, my afro was like off the picture, you know what I mean? It was just like cut off the picture. And I had this like huge afro, and I'll never forget. And then I went out shopping for this long blue crushed velvet maxi coat. Now, y'all remember the maxi coat. Okay, y'all in church now. I know you had ugly clothes like I did. I'm not the only one. And this long coat, those were during the days of Superfly. Everybody had to look like Superfly, you know? And I had this long blue mag. Man, I was sharp. And I was sharp. And, and, and I'm reading this, and the Lord says, don't lay up treasures on earth because of moth. And I'm like, thank God for moths because those clothes are gone. That style is gone. But moths eat away. Now, in ancient times, this was really, really important because in ancient times, clothes represented wealth. And the best clothes were made of wool. But no matter how beautiful the clothing, killer moths would attack and chew right through your clothing. Jesus says, don't lay up treasures because moth eat them away and rust will wear them away. All your treasure will someday be junk. That's one way to look at that brand new Lexus you just bought. Someday it's going to be junk. You don't believe me? Take a day trip down to the junkyard and look at all the stacked up cars that are in the junkyard. Do you realize that one day, someday, sometime in history, at some point, all those junk cars were someone's earthly treasure? All those cars at some time in history was some 17-year-old boy's pride and joy. He worked for that car. He saved his money. He bought that car. He polished it every day. He took a stroll outside to take a peek. You know, when you get a new car, you got to check. I don't know what you're checking for, but you just take a peek. You know, some 17-year-old, he gave that car a name when he first got it. Hot Mama, he called it. (laughs) And then it got dinged, and then it got banged, And then it started leaking oil. Then it started to sputter. And then he changed its name to Old Betsy. Isn't that the way it happens? And then then it's on the back of one of those those trucks with they crush down all the cars. And you're riding behind it. And I always swear, one of the times one of those cars is going to pop right off and follow me. Junk. It happens. At some point, that junk was someone's treasure. Jesus says, don't lay up treasures because of moth and corruption. Your earthly treasures will end up in the junkyard. And don't lay up treasures because someone will steal them. Possible. You know, I was thinking about this and talking with my wife, taking a stroll down memory lane the other day. And, and, and we were talking about how at one, at one point we were living in Southern California. And we were living right outside the gate of Camp Pendleton. And matter of fact, our property and the, and the gate, the, the physical gate of Camp Pendleton Marine Corps Base, was, was separated our property from, from, from the base. And uh, there was this canyon in the, in, in the back of a yard that went, you know, across the fence and onto, onto the base there. And, and, and I remember, we remember one Christmas Eve, we were out shopping. And we came home, you know, all happy, bags in hand, had already been shopping or whatever. Tree was up. Gifts were under the tree. We had been out shopping for more gifts, came home, 
and realized there, that, that the door was some resistance on the door at the house. And, well, you know, you push the door and you push it and push it, realized that someone had moved the couch up against the door and had stolen all of our Christmas gifts from under the tree. Christmas Eve, we sang Christmas carols and just said, oh, well, you know, we got what we got and done with that. And, uh, of course, we filed an insurance claim and all that stuff. And then six months later, believe it or not, six months later, we were robbed again. And, of course, we filed an insurance claim. And then, believe it or not, six months after that, we were robbed again. I think we're getting robbed so many times, I'm thinking, why don't I just leave a key? And then, and I remember this one time we, when we got robbed, I walked in and my dog, I had a dog. I had like a little mutt German shepherd. He was, he wasn't full bred. And I remember the, I walk in and the dog is happy. <laughs> now we had just been robbed. I walk in, the dog is like <laughs> doing the dog thing, you know, wagging his tail. So glad to see us. And I walk in the house and I'm not, okay, we've been robbed and the dog is happy. What is wrong? What's wrong with this picture? So I walk around the house. I'm thinking, okay, there's got to be body parts around the house. There's got, there must be blood. There's got to be some people held up in a room because the dog locked them in the room and did the dog thing and protected our home. And no, there was nothing. And the dog was happy. And I'm thinking, wait a minute now. This dog is expensive. You got to feed this dog. You ever take your dog to the vet lately? It's expensive. And I'm thinking, this dog has got to go. I am not going to feed a dog. I mean, this dog, he was, he was a nice dog, but he was a stupid dog. I mean, he probably showed him where the jewels were. You know, he's like, come here, come here. <laughs> pointing, to the, pointing to the jewelry box or something. I'm like, what is up with this dog? This dog has got to go. Jesus says, people will steal your things. That's why you're not to lay up treasures on earth. Because moth will eat them, corruption will wear them away, rust will wear it away, and people will steal your things. It was after that that we had to put bars on the windows of the house. But in heaven, there will be no bars on the window. You know why? Because Jesus will protect your treasures. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. And Jesus will protect your treasures as you send them ahead. Now, notice the, in, the, the, the issue here is not whether we'll store up wealth. That's a given. The question is, where will you do your banking? Deposits made in the first national bank of heaven will not decay or disappear. Jesus is saying, if you store up your wealth, the moss will find it and rust will consume it. If you try to hide it, thieves will steal it. Everything will decay. Everything will disappear. It'll wear out, rust out, blow out, fall apart. Nothing that is material will last forever. There's only two things that last forever. Number one, God's word. Number two, God's people. God's word and God's people. First John two seventeen tells us the world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God endures how long, saints? Forever, forever. You see, so the question is, where is your treasure this morning? You might say, Rodney, well, right, my treasure right now is parked out in the parking lot. Parked it sideways so I could take up two spaces. Because I didn't want anybody dinging my car in the church parking lot. 
That's my treasure. Well, you say, Rodney, you know, my treasure is all brick on an acre of property, four bedrooms, seven garages to hold all my treasures. Well, maybe your treasure's in the bank, collecting really low interest. Where is your treasure? Jesus is saying cars, boats, homes, clothes, jobs, salaries, vacations, books. All of these things will pass away. Proverbs 23, verse 4. I love this. The New Living Translation. Do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Restraint. First Timothy 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. Verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. See, not money, but the love of it. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith, pierced themselves with many griefs. But you, O man of God, flee all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. You see, don't lay up treasures on earth. Lay them up in heaven. And notice in verse 21 in your Bible where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. You see that where your treasure is. Your heart will be also. Did you notice he didn't say where your heart is, there your treasure will be. He says where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be. In other words, where you put your treasure, that is where your heart will follow. Not the other way around. You see, if your treasure is in the Dow Jones in the stock market, You'll be checking the stock market every day. If your treasure is in the kingdom, you'll stay connected to kingdom things. But you got to put your treasure in the kingdom first. And then your heart follows. You know, so often people go, well, you know what? I just don't give to the Lord because my heart's not in it. Well, if you're waiting for your heart to be in it, whether it be giving or serving or whatever it might be, if you're waiting for your heart to be in it, it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen because your heart's not going to be in it. But the Bible says, not only that, the Bible doesn't say put your heart in it. The Bible says put your treasure in it and then your heart goes with it. That's just the way it is. Oh, Rodney, I don't love my wife anymore. I don't love my husband anymore. Well, tell you what. Take her out to dinner a little more often. Buy her some, all ladies is like, all right, pastor, now you're preaching, all right? Now take her out to dinner a little more often. Buy her some flowers. Get her some candy. Not unless she's on a diet. Get her sugar-free. But put your treasure in, and guess what? All of a sudden you go, man, honey, I love you so much. You are the bestest. I just love you. You see, you got to put something in. And that's what Jesus is saying. Notice two visions in verse 22 through 23. Notice in your Bibles. One is a single vision. You know, people have complicated this chapter in these verses, but this is not complicated at all. Notice one is a single vision. An eye that is set upon God and sincere and not divided. And the benefit is the whole body is full of light. The other vision is an eye that is evil and divided. And the downside is the whole body is full of darkness and divided. And the person with the evil eye pursues wealth 
and riches. Proverbs chapter 28 verse 22 tells us a man with an evil eye hastens after riches and does not consider that poverty will come upon him. You see, an evil eye. You want to look up a story in the Bible of someone who had an evil eye or divided eye. You might want to look at the story of Lot, of Lot. Interesting story. Don't have time to look at it this morning. But Lot had an evil eye, an eye that was looking towards Sodom, an eye that later on it tells us that he not only looked towards Sodom, but he pitched his tent in Sodom and then or toward facing Sodom. And then we find him living in Sodom. And then in chapter 19 of Genesis, he's sitting at the gate as a judge in Sodom. Interesting, the progression you see through Genesis 13 through 19 in the life of Sodom or a lot who who had an evil eye, who had a divided eye. And Jesus is saying, if you are focused on material things of this world, your body will be full of darkness. But if you're focused on the things of God, generosity and giving and storing up treasures in heaven will be your focus, which is right and full of light and godly. You see, so many people are struggling in their walk. Maybe you're here this morning, you're struggling in your walk. Could it be you have double vision? Could it be that one day your eye is full of light and the next day your eye is full of darkness? You know, someone once said it like this. You have too much of the Lord to enjoy the world and too much of the world to enjoy the Lord. You got double vision. Sunday is praise the Lord. Monday is darkness. You see, double vision. Jesus says, hey, don't have double vision. Don't have two treasures. Contrast, don't have two visions. And lastly, last but certainly not least, two masters. Notice again in in your Bibles in verse 24. Jesus says, listen, the choice between two treasures where you lay them up and two visions where you fix your eyes, there's still the choice of two masters. Who are you going to serve? And the choice is between God and mammon. Now, exactly what this word mammon means, scholars are divided. They're really not sure. Some think it means it refers to the name of a pagan god named mammon. And then some think that it comes from the Hebrew word aman, A-M-A-N, which means to trust, to confide Because men are apt to trust in riches. That's possible. On our money, we have what? In God we trust, which we really don't. And don't get me down that path. Okay, don't have time for that. But we don't. We really don't trust God. So some believe it means to trust in riches. Whatever the word, wherever the word comes from, the meaning is clear. Mammon speaks of materialism. Mammon speaks of wealth. And Jesus says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Now, this isn't a question of choice. Don't make the mistake. Listen, if you hear nothing else I said this morning, listen to this. This is not a question of choice. You can't serve God and mammon. That's not a question of choice. It's a question of possibility. What Jesus is saying is, It is simply impossible to serve God and to serve mammon. And if you think you're serving two masters, you're kidding yourself. In other words, it can't be done. 
You can only have one master. You remember the story of Elijah on Mount Carmel battling the 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of Asherah. And Elijah goes before the people and he says, look, fellas, how long are you going to be between or you're going to hesitate between two opinions? If God is God, then serve him. And if Baal is God, then serve him. But before we leave this mountain, Elijah said, we're going to have to make a decision. He says, how long are you going to hesitate? That word hesitate literally means to hop, skip, to dance, to leap, to pass over. In other words, they would say, one day, oh God, you are God. And they would leap over to the other side and say, oh Baal, you are God. And they were declaring their allegiance to two different gods. They wavered and many Christians do the same. One day, Lord, I love you. The next day, they're living like the world. James said, a double-minded man is unstable in what, saints? All his ways. Jesus speaking to the church at Laodicea, he said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but if you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. And Jesus says here in Matthew, no man can serve two masters. He will love the one and hate the other. We need to make up our minds to serve God. Amen, saints? Make up your mind. And sometimes I feel like as a pastor, I got to make up the minds of people for them. They come in my office and they've got a problem or whatever it might be. And I'm saying, hey, here's, look, look, are you worshiping God? Well, no. Do you ever read your Bible? Well, no. Do you ever pray? Well, no. You ever fellowship with Christians? Well, no. It's like, do you ever do anything spiritual? Well, no. It's like, are you a Christian? No, I don't know. Can't lose my salvation, pastor. I don't even know if you got it. I mean, you know, you, you see my struggle. I, I, I feel like I've got to make up your mind for you. Versus you saying, look, I can't serve God and I can't serve materialism and wealth. I can't serve God and serve Baal at the same time. How long are you going to halt, hesitate, hop, skip, leap over between two opinions? How long are you going to grow up and say, hey, I'm going to serve God and make up my mind to serve God and him and him alone. You can't serve two masters. They're diametrically opposed to one another. One says walk by faith. The other says walk by sight. One says be humble. The other says be proud. One says set your love on things. The other says set your love on God. One says look to the unseen and eternal. The other says look to the seen and the temporal. Two different masters. And Joshua 24, 15, write this down. Joshua said if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day, whom you will serve. Keep a light touch on the world. I like to tell people, here's a key to happiness. It's not in your money and the things you possess, because we all know you get a nice car, you want a nice car. You get a big house, you want a bigger house. You got a nice CD player, you want a bigger CD player. You got eight changers in your CD players, you want 800. I mean, that, that's how it goes. You know it does. You never have enough. So how, do you, how are you happy? How do you be happy in the world? How can you be happy? I like to tell people, you've heard me say it before, i say it again. Live your life backwards. What do you mean, Rodney? Well, start living your life from heaven. Start living your life from what God thinks. Start living your life from things above. And then work your way backwards. Don't invest in the things of the world. Send your treasures up to heaven. 
deposit in the first national bank of heaven. And it's there that God will take that and keep that. And someday when you stand before him, you will hear the words that we all long to hear. And that is well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. And when you enter, listen, into the joy of the Lord, there will be treasures waiting for you because you sent them ahead. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. Live your life backwards from heaven to earth. God, what pleases you, I want to do. And when you live that way, then you will be blessed. Then you will be doing what it is that Jesus requires of his people to do. And that is not storing up things on earth, but storing them up in the kingdom of heaven. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.